Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Sitting in for Clay and Buck today, syndicated radio personality, Michael Perry. And it's an honor to join you for this last hour. What I'd like to do, I know we've got some callers on the line. I want to add another Supreme Court ruling of last week of great import to the mix, and then we'll get to your calls. That related to a subject that the Supreme Court has been dealing with, with regard to university admissions, in earnest going back to 1978 in what came to be known as the Bakke case, B-A-K-K-E, where a white man in his 30s had an AMCAT, which is their standardized score, above the, the, uh, a number of uh, minority students, in fact, all the minority students that were admitted to the medical school, Davis School of Medicine at the University of California. His GPA was comparable to everyone who was admitted. And his interview, they they do an interview as well, uh, came out very favorable. So this guy had all the, the check the boxes to be admitted and above the minority students who were admitted. He was a white male in his 30s. And when he wasn't admitted a second time, he sued. And it turned out that the university's excuse for why he hadn't been admitted was he was too old because they couldn't admit it was because he was too white. But what's the purpose of having more black students? It's a zero-sum game. For every black student who's admitted, a white student doesn't get admitted. Why is that better? Is it better that we graduate more blacks than we would graduate if it was blind scoring? I don't understand. And in the ruling of the majority, it was technically plurality, Justice Powell quoted the 14th Amendment, which was passed just after the end of the Civil War. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law Here's the big one, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction 
the equal protection of the laws. This is a state institution. The California university system that Ronald Reagan was constantly fighting against because of such nonsense as this. So you fast forward from 90, from 78 to the Grutter decision in 2003. And in 2003, then Justice Sandra Day O'Connor said that, quote, the court expects that 25 years from now, the use of pr racial preferences will no longer be necessary to further the interest approved today. Well, that was 20 years ago. I don't think at 25 years, the use of racial preferences will no longer be necessary to further the interest approved today. I don't think that argument will sell with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or Joe Biden. Then you fast forward to 2016 in a case involving the University of Texas, where the Supreme Court ruled four to three that the University of Texas policy violated the 14th Amendment. Now, whether you're a lawyer or not, you should immediately think four to three. Why were there only seven votes if it's a nine member court? Because I told you it was 2016. In February of that year, before the ruling came down, Justice Scalia, the greatest justice of my lifetime, passed away of a heart attack. And Elena Kagan recused herself because of prior involvement with that very case. Scalia would go on to be replaced by Gorsuch. Kavanaugh would replace Anthony Kennedy. And Amy Coney Barrett would replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who infuriated the left by not stepping down while Barack Obama was president and saving that seat and her death and the opening for Donald Trump to appoint the replacement. So Trump gets to appoint Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. So the 4-3 decision becomes a 6-3 decision. In 2017, Chief Justice John Roberts declared, the way to stop discrimination on the basis of race is to stop discriminating on the basis of race. But the interesting part of this case involving Harvard and North Carolina, particularly the Harvard portion of it, was the students being discriminated against who were squealing the loudest were not the white kids, it's the Asian American students. And as you may have heard over the weekend, some Democrat talking heads are very angry at the Asian Americans because now you're siding with the whites. You don't side with the whites. We people of color have to stick together. So what if you're the valedictorian of your class? So what if you have a perfect SAT or ACT score? So what if you were the state champion in tennis or golf or whatever your or extracurricular activity of choice is? So what if you took on all these community programs of cleaning up the parks or, educate, or uh, uh, tutoring the homeless? all so you could get into Harvard. So what if your scores are better than black kids? You're Asian American and sorry, we already have too many Asian Americans. So you don't get in. And how dare you complain about it? As we heard from Soledad O'Brien over the weekend, these Asians aren't appreciating the fact that it's the blacks who paved the way for the Asian Americans to come to this country. Wait, what? How did the Blacks pave the way for the Asian Americans? But the better question is, most of these Asian Americans, parents came here as immigrants and they were raised here and now they're the top students, not the bottom. 
How is it that you can live in this country for four, five, six, seven generations black and not outperform the first generation Asian Americans who come here? Because it's not about discrimination. It's about culture and behavior. Look at who wins the script spelling bee every year. It's not black kids. It's not white kids. It's not Hispanic kids. It's Asian American kids. Specifically, it's kids from India. It's kids from India who, before dinner, have to sit with their words. And they have to learn more words every single night. And then be quizzed by their mom. And then they have violin practice. And they had a tennis lesson earlier. How do I know this? My wife's from India. Her cousins who came here, their kids are in some sort of a training program to go to Harvard. All of them. You will be topping your class academically. You will learn the violin. You will play tennis because that's a sport where you don't get hit. And we're Asian Americans. We're not football players. And you will be the top in the spelling bee, at least in your school, if not the state, and on to the nationals. Hmm. Well, isn't that an opportunity that every kid, white or black or Hispanic, has? It doesn't cost any money to study for the spelling bee. It doesn't cost any money to do your homework and be top in your class. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to have famous parents. Literally anyone can do it. Indians of every caste, of every rung on the hierarchical ladder of India, come to this country and see nothing but opportunity. Now, I'll also tell you, they're probably not coming to the Friday night drink fest. They're probably not hanging out with the other kids for malts or beers after class. They're probably not playing the kinds of sports like football, baseball, basketball, that mean you're on a travel team that take you away because they're focused on their academics. So now you're the admissions director at Harvard University and you have the opportunity to decide who's going to come to your university. I guess we have to go back to the original question I asked in the first hour. What's the point of the university? Do we want the students to come here who've shown a propensity to study hard and get good results? Uh, we'll take some of them. But we also want some kids who are poor, particularly if they're poor and black. We want some kids who don't look like the Asian students. The New York Times put up a tweet yesterday that said, quote, to build a diverse class of students, the medical school at UC Davis, you remember UC Davis? That's the Bakke case going back to 1978. They've been discriminating a long time. To build a diverse class of students, the medical school at UC Davis ranks applicants by the disadvantages they have faced. The disadvantage scale helped turn UC Davis into one of the most diverse medical schools in the US. Wait, what? So my dad's 83, my mom's 78. Let's say my dad has a heart attack and they bring the doctor in and he's getting ready to do a major heart procedure. And the guy who brings him in to introduce him, our family doctor says, Mr. Barry, this is Dr. Jones. And he's about to do this procedure for your heart. It's a dangerous procedure, but I want you to know 
He was raised by a single mom who was addicted to crack, who was turning tricks in their living room, and nobody ever helped him with his homework. And he was exposed to drug dealing on the front lawn. Okay, but um, is he any good at a doctor? Mr. Barry, what kind of silly question would you ask like that? Does it matter? I told you that he overcame more disadvantages than the top student in the class who grew up in a stable two-parent home where values and character and good judgment and hard work were rewarded. But I still don't understand, is this guy any good as a doctor or is he just a good human interest story because human interest isn't going to fix my heart or land this plane or take the submersible to the Titanic and back. Whatever happened to the idea, because we're not talking about sociology or psychology here, we're talking about doctors. You win and lose with doctors. They fix you and you live or they fail and you die. What should the disadvantages they overcome have to do with that nonsense? So now we ask the question of universities, med schools, law schools, business schools, and the like. Who should get in and who should pay for it? 1-800-282-2882. 1-800-282-2882. I'm Michael Berry in for Clay and Buck. Your calls coming up. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on 
And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Berry in for Clay and Buck. They'll be off for the fourth tomorrow. They'll be back on Wednesday and Chris Christie will be their guest. Our first caller from the town of Fruta, Colorado, is Brad Europe, sir. Go ahead. Brad, can I stop Why you there? Brad, are you there? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I got to ask you, how long have, how long have you lived in uh, Fruta, Colorado? Oh, 1997. What is that, 26 years? Yeah. Moved here in Okay, so I got to ask you, I got to ask you about Mike the Headless Chicken. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's an icon. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I looked it up during the break, and, and, and tell me if I got this right. Mike the Headless Chicken is a chicken who lived for 18 months after his head was cut off. Lloyd Olson, the remover of Mike's head, continued to give him food and water with an eyedropper. He grew to be almost eight pounds. Mike went on to tour the country as a sideshow. A festival in his honor is held each May in Fruta, Colorado. Is that still going on? Absolutely. It's about the three blocks from where I am right now, <laughs> downtown Fruta, Colorado. My daughters used to go all See, the time dressed up as chickens. It's a big deal. It's a huge deal. <laughs> well, you know, I grew up in a town famous for its crawfish festival and Bum Phillips, but I kind of like okay. the Mike the Headless Chicken option. That, that's, that's pretty cool. Anyway, what'd you call about, my man? Go ahead. Well, I called about the uh, student loan bailout, and you touched on so many points that just that just drive me crazy because so many of those things, you know, have affected me personally in my life. I graduated in 1984. Um, my mother was, uh, you know, a single mom, low income, so I was eligible for a Pell Grant. Could have gone to school, uh, gone to college for free. All my friends went to college, but I and I say I graduated. I use the term loosely because I barely graduated. You know, school was not interesting to me. The things that were, I did well. Mm-hmm. The things that weren't, I didn't. And I knew college was not an option. So I joined the Marine Corps. Um, I went off and, you know, did Marine Corps things for four years. Got out, got into business. Ultimately started my own business. You know, so I have a small business. Half of what I make goes to the federal government or goes to the feds and the state. Um, you know, and it's not a big business, but I'm a corporation. So I'm the evil corporation and I've got to pay the taxes. And and it's just so mind-numbing to think where all the money goes and then things like this and try to rationalize it from the other side that, that I should pay for somebody's college education even if they didn't graduate. My two daughters were homeschooled. My, my wife did a great job. Um, they both got academic scholarships to a local university, and one of them graduated with a degree that she decided she didn't want to do, and the other one – the younger one quit, which just drove me crazy. But she looked at me one night yep. and said, "Dad, why? I mean, it, it, they're not teaching me anything. Why should I?" And your that you know, it's your question. What's the university for, man? I don't know because you know one is 
um, painting airplanes, doing a great job, and the other one works for me. You know, so I mean, but neither one of them benefited from that college degree to per se. In fact, you know, I I have to kind of remind my my eldest daughter that life isn't all unicorns and fairy tales. I mean, it's it it just doesn't work that way. And so, when somebody says you should pay my loan, I I can only ask why. I have I have debt up to my eyeballs because of my small business and COVID and all the insanity that went on with the pandemic. And it just, you know, why, why should I pay? I'm up against a break. I'm glad you called. You represent millions of parents and small business owners asking exactly that question. Michael Berry in for Clay and Buck. More of your every man calls I dare you to top the story of Fruit of California and Mike the Headless Chicken, but we'll see. Coming up. Michael Berry in for Clay and Buck today. They'll be out for the fourth tomorrow and back with you on Wednesday. Probably won't have enough time to get to this story, so let me just tease it in case you want to go learn more. Big Supreme Court ruling last week. In the case known as 303 Creative, it's a woman who makes websites. And as often happens, it wasn't natural. But uh, some folks on the left said, well, we want you to make us a website. And we want it to involve gay stuff or transgender stuff or other stuff that you do not personally want to be involved in. Not that she's out burning you know, uh, uh, gay organizations down or harassing people or bidding. She just didn't want to have to make that website with that message. And the Supreme Court, interestingly, in the 303 case, ruled that government cannot compel you to engage in commerce when it violates your beliefs. Now, I would have liked to have seen them rule on the issue of commerce as opposed to just free speech. But this Supreme Court and Supreme Court's past, even the conservative ones, have not seemed to care too much about your right to conduct commerce or to refuse to conduct commerce. So what happens when a rowdy group of folks come into your restaurant and wanna cuss at the top of their lungs and you're a family-friendly restaurant? Well, you're probably going to be okay if they're white, but God help you if they're black, because when you toss them, they're going to say you hate black people, but you're really just trying to create a warm and welcoming environment for parents and children to have a meal. And my goodness, aren't you under the gun? Because now you're a bigot. But what the court ruled in that case was that your beliefs, your free speech, to be in favor of or against a gay, trans, whatever else life cannot be infringed. And if it is infringed in the course of you conducting commerce, that is making you make a website, make my website, bigot, make my pizza, bigot, make my cake, masterpiece cake, bigot. Well, the court ruled you don't have to do that. But the bigger question, which isn't addressed is, What if I don't want to do business with you? And see, we're dealing with this in almost every aspect of American commerce. These transactional relationships 
What if I don't want to hire you? What if when you come in to go to work for me as my assistant working at the front desk answering the phone, you have blue hair? And I determine I don't want somebody with blue hair and a bone through their nose representing my business. Well, it wouldn't actually bother me because my assistant has tattoos all over her face and arms and she's great and the whole team loves her. Of course, Ramon, my other producer, has a bunch of tattoos. So it hasn't really bothered me. But what if it did? What if it did and I chose not to hire someone on that basis? What if that person smells? What if that person's unkempt? What if that person is in some way not representative of the image I wish to project as part of my business and my brand? The very choice of who I can choose to work at my business is under question, and it shouldn't be. It's my business. Government, if you want to get in that business, you get in that business. You're already loaning money to students that don't pay it back. You're already doing everything else. Why don't you open the business that I've opened? Anyway, that is a subject worth continuing to watch because there's a case out of Oregon called the Klein Sweet Cakes story where the state of Oregon has absolutely harassed this business. This lesbian couple wanted a cake. Now they want a trans uh, cake. They want to do all of this stuff. And the state of Oregon is determined to destroy this small business. It's downright cruel. It's vicious. The masterpiece cake story out of Colorado, just as the 303 case is, where the man just wants to make cakes and he doesn't want to make cakes of transitions or male genitalia or female genitalia or who knows the difference nowadays. And they keep harassing him. That is litigants, people who want to bring him to court and the state because they don't like his religious views. And that's really what it comes down to. See, you can be a grown man dressed in a bikini, prance into an elementary school classroom, grind your junk into a kindergartner's face, and that's protected because you're bullied and you're a victim. But dare you be a Christian, a Catholic, who doesn't want to, oh, I don't know, teach people about abortion or perform abortions? We'll take your federal funding and try to put you out of business and close you down. Just as during COVID, we couldn't have church, but you could have furniture stores open. You could have all these other businesses open, but you couldn't have church. When do you need church services more than during a pandemic? And yet that's the first thing they closed because they weren't essential. May not be essential to you, heathen, but they're essential to me. And I dare say, if Hunter Biden would spend more time in church and less time driving 172 miles an hour, photographing himself with a crack pipe and a Porsche on the highway, or knocking up hookers, which by the way, even the New York Times, even the New York Times had a piece the last few days entitled Hunter Biden's Daughter and a Tale of Two Families. And in that story they revealed that aides have told White House staff, you say the president has six grandchildren, not seven. But DNA tests prove that Hunter Biden fathered a child with London. She lives in Arkansas. The little girl is alive. Hunter Biden sued to prevent her from using the last name of her birth father. 
What kind of monster is Joe Biden? Forget his parenting of his own son. Forget the diaries of his daughter. What kind of monster is Joe Biden? Tell me again how he's a nice guy, but Donald Trump is evil. Tell me again how Joe Biden won suburban women because, well, at least he's not mean. Does he have children who he's denied? Did his daughter have a diary that she left at a halfway house after she got out of, who could, who could be shocked, after she got out of treatment that talked about daddy coming in while she was a teenager, underage, and showering with her? And how it creeped her out? Do Donald Trump's children call him pedo feet to Pete in their phones? Do they talk about kicking up 10%? I don't know. Did, did Donald Trump Jr. plead guilty to two different crimes that even the Department of Justice couldn't make go away? So that's what they reduced it to? My goodness. How do we as a nation ever recover from a moment like this? We're told how devastating Watergate was to the national psyche. And Gerald Ford declared our long national nightmare is over. When does that happen with Joe Biden? And what favors were offered to the Chinese and the Ukrainians? Well, I can tell you that we're going to fight their war. We're already funding it. And by the way, we're losing it. We're losing. The Ukrainians are not making the gains we were promised they were. The Ukrainians are not beating back the Russians. That wasn't a coup without a shot being fired. Did anybody really believe that on Putin? That wasn't a coup on Putin. Putin's not losing. The Ukrainians aren't winning. And by the way, a $6.2 billion rounding error? How many student loan repayment deadbeats could have had their $20,000 forgiven out of $6.2 billion. Why don't you take all that largesse that you're kicking to Zelensky, who sure does seem, for a guy with his begging board out, he sure does seem confident that Joe Biden's going to give him the money, doesn't he? Which brings me to the second impeachment of Donald Trump, when he so much as asked the Ukrainian president about what Joe Biden had said about demanding the attorney general be fired for investigating the company that put Hunter Biden on the board of Burisma in a no-show job making how much money again? Let me ask you. We'll, we'll come back in just a moment, but let me ask you this. What would the Bidens have to do before Democrats actually step forward and said, okay, enough. We'll end the hour and the show with your calls. 1-800-282-2882. 1-800-282-2882. Michael Berry with the great honor to sit in for my friends Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. More coming up. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's our roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Berry in for Clay and Buck with the fabulous team around them. Honored to be with you. You can reach me off air, michaelberryshow.com. I did want to say one thing so I don't forget. I have the distinct honor and have for 10 years of being the spokesman for a group called Camp Hope of the PTSD Foundation of America. Tomorrow, July 4th, is a patriotic day. And that also tends to be a trigger for many of our veterans who served in combat and came home with emotional wounds of war. There is absolutely free treatment in a residential center by other veterans that works. It is a Christian six-month program with phenomenal results. If you'll email me through our website, I will personally get you in and your healing will begin. You'll start talking to other combat veterans who've been through what you've been through, which is PTSD. If you'll email me through our website, michaelberryshow.com, or if you have someone you love and care for, let's not add them to the 20 to 44 veterans per day who take their own lives from Vietnam through our most recent conflicts. They served us, now we serve them. To the phone lines we go. Let's start with Steve in Melbourne, Florida. Steve, you're up, sir. Go ahead. Hey, Michael. Um, quickly getting to this thing with the tuition, I think you guys are working on the wrong end of the animal. I mean, you guys are, are worried about the debt that they've already incurred without stopping the debt of the future. And we need to 
mandatory by law roll back the tuition levels back to the year I'll pick one 2000 okay and anyone that occurred that in the last 25 years that that was higher than that level it comes out of the endowments to pay it off to pay off the difference that they should have had this thing is they've been increasing their tuitions three, four, five times the amount of inflation, and nobody did anything. What we did was we mm. raised the level that they, the kids can get loans at. No, no, that's not the answer. Lower that. Make that a lot lower, like 90% lower, and then the kids can incur, incur the debt. And if you don't want to teach people, you know, at that level of tuition, then get out of business. But you're not there to make a slush fund. And the thing that hires all the incompetent boobs from Washington get hired at, at Harvard and all these other places because we've created this endowment system that's super sure. corrupt and feeding but, off the children. But Steve, let me ask you a question. I, I don't disagree with your notion. Tuition increases are insane. I 100% agree. But let me ask you this. So economists will tell you that demand for, let's say, a retail product, a burger. Demand for a burger is elastic based on price, right? And, and uh, Thomas Sowell in Basic Economics will tell you that as consumers, we communicate th uh, through the pricing mechanism. In other words, if I tell you I'll give you a half pound burger for a dollar, you'd probably buy that all day long. If I told you the same yeah. burger, I'd charge you 80 bucks, you'd say you're crazy. So I would have to drop that price down until the point in which you accepted my offer. And maybe that's seven bucks for a burger, right? So as the price of tuition increased, the market was not elastic. It was inelastic. Students continued to borrow more money. They continued to enroll in greater numbers than ever before. Why? Why did the students say, I don't care how much it costs, I will take on debt, I will do whatever it takes. I must go to school no matter how much you charge me. That's not how the marketplace is supposed to work. The student perceives that there is something at that university that they have to have, the golden Willy Wonka ticket. And we as a society are guilty of convincing them of that. And you know what else we're guilty of? We're guilty ourselves of saying, if you wanna apply for this job, here are the minimum characteristics. A college degree, why? Do you know why? Because years ago, companies understood from their legal counsel that you can't choose who you want to choose. You have to have some basic factors in there that allow you to weed out things. So they started playing games with all of this. People wanted some way to sort through the applicants, right? But why did they do that? Why is it that people who don't have a degree themselves will demand that they won't hire somebody unless they have a degree. That seems silly. You see, there's a whole cultural phenomenon, an absolute tsunami of endorsement for this ridiculous notion that somehow a college degree changes who you are. And I would ask everybody, what did college do for you that you couldn't do for yourself? How did it change you? How did it make you a better employee? Or did it? Abraham Lincoln never went to school. Never went to college or law school, for that matter. It's been a distinct honor.
Clay and Buck are out tomorrow. They'll be back with you on Wednesday. Chris Christie is their guest. You can communicate directly with me through my website at michaelberryshow.com. Greg, Mike, Allie, Rachel, the entire team, thank you so much for this incredible honor to speak to this massive audience of great patriots. Have a wonderful 4th of July tomorrow, and remember the cause behind it, our Declaration of Independence and the founding of this wonderful nation we call home. It's worth fighting for. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He was called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane. And he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.